Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I'm coming at you live from a very empty apartment. I, it has been a long weekend. I have done so much packing. I waited till the very last second, per usual, to like get my shit together. And so now the worst part of what I have left is like, the little stuff, like the random stuff or the last minute stuff that like you still need to keep out until you actually move. And I was just talking to my producer about this. We were talking about like animals because I keep like going back and forth about, do I get a dog? Do I not get a dog? I love the idea of having a dog and living by yourself, especially because like we don't know what the fuck this Delta variant is going to really do. I like the idea of having a dog and like still being able to get out of the house. Like I feel like having a dog is like such a social thing. Like you go for walks, you go to dog parks, you can take the dog with you to brunch if you want, like if you want to be with those people. Like you can do so much with a dog. And then it made me realize like how much I love Barbara, who's my cat, who hasn't lived with me since the end of June. Um, Because I went to New York and then I went to North Carolina and I was gone for like a week and a half. So I didn't want her to be by herself and just have someone check in on her. So I just brought her over to my mom's and she's like a very chill, well-adjusted cat for the most part. Like she's very, she's kind of like a dog. Dog people hate when you say that your cat's like a dog because they get like very offended because for some reason, like dog people have huge issues with cats most of the time. And I don't understand that. Uh, get over it. I, I just like think it's so ag- I don't get the aggressive part of it. Like, why do people that don't like cats have to be like, I don't like cats. It's like, okay, like calm down. Like I can't ever imagine like walking around and like saying how much I hate an animal and like thinking it's like funny or socially acceptable. And I think most people, cause I feel genuinely like people do this with like the Kardashians too. I can't believe I'm tying the cats and Kardashians together. I have Wow. Okay. That's just how it's going to roll today is like, they just want to say that they hate them so much, like just to feel part of the conversation. And it's like, I genuinely don't think you care that much to even hate them. If you, if you are the person saying that, 
I don't know. I mean, I obviously have issues with the Kardashians at times, but overall I do enjoy their contributions to pop culture. Anyways, so Barb has been living at my mom's and then I had to go dog sit my mom's dog like end of July, first week of August because she decided to take like a seven day vacation solo to the UP and like around like Northern Michigan. She was like in, she like rented a camper. It was like a whole experience. I was very paranoid about her safety. This, this one is, um, she's a, she's a character. She isn't the most graceful. I'll say like, she's a little clumsy, a little, you know what I mean? So I was just worried about her like on a campground, like by herself. But, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. So I didn't want to, like, keep bringing Barbara back and forth, like, from my apartment to her house, from my apartment to her house. It just felt like that would be a little unfair. And then I was like, oh, and then I'm moving. So I was like, my mom's like, okay, we'll just keep her here until you move. So I go and see her, like, multiple times a week. And I just, like, it just hit me today while talking about her. It's like, I've known I've missed Barb. But now I'm realizing, like, how codependent I have become on her as, like, my emotional support animal especially during COVID. I mean, I see TikToks all the time of people being like how close their animals have gotten to them over COVID. Like I know even if my mom and her dog Winston, like he's obsessed with her. Like he lives and breathes for her. And she's kind of saying like she's, when I was watching him, she was like very paranoid that I like wasn't going to take him for walks and stuff. I'm like, mom, he's fine. Like he'll be okay. Like she's just very crazy. Anyways. So I know I'm just excited to have her back. I'm going to be in a new place starting tomorrow. I'm just like, I can't wait. And I, I have pretty much everything packed up, like I said, but I get really anxious about just the logistics of moving, like the, having the internet installed. I mean, when I tell you, I have been on the phone with Comcast Xfinity four times and once I did it. Uh, I was on the phone with them this morning. Comcast customer service is like Dante's Inferno. It is fucking hell dealing with them. You get a different answer. I've gotten a different answer every time I talk. Then they tell me to go to the app. I go to the app. It says check manager appointments there. It says I have no appointments, but when I call, I have appointments made that I don't need made. It just has wound me the fuck up. It's just like, it's so stressful. It's so, so stressful. And I just don't think in 2021, like internet needs to be that fucking stressful. This isn't like we're hardwiring dial up through my fucking apartment walls. Like this is Wi-Fi in 2021. It's like first world problems I'm aware, but like, come on. And I just also feel like they upcharge you a lot. They you know, they don't want to cancel the technician to come out, even though he doesn't need to come out. We've had multiple conversations about this. And I'm like, I'm not paying that. That's just not happening. No. So yeah, sorry to bitch about first world problems. I'm such an asshole. It's just like the reality of my life right now. And it's just like, it's just this anxiety of like, okay, like DTE, like will the electricity come on the day that I, you know, want it to, which is tomorrow. I just like, I just get anxious about this stuff. I don't know. That is where I'm at right now. So this episode, it's going to be a little different because I felt very like, I don't want to say this. I sound so stupid. I was called. I wasn't called. Like no one, the Lord did not call me to talk about this. So let me start at the very beginning. So yesterday on my Instagram, I had posted a picture of Emily. I believe her last name is like Didano or Didano. She's a model. 
beautiful. I really enjoy her content. She seems very nice. I know she's pregnant. Congrats to her. But so I'm scrolling, 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 and I come across her picture and she's holding this like gigantic hamburger and it's like split in half. And it, I mean, it looks fucking delicious. Okay. And in the caption, it says what baby wants, baby gets. And I didn't fully, when I posted about it, like take into consideration, like she's like, she's like nourishing her child with this burger. But when I made the post, I said, things like this bother me because, and I, it's not just her, this was, and I have to say this again and again, this wasn't like a dig at Emily. And I had specified that on my Instagram story. I was like, I like her, but I don't love this act that people do on social media. And I just want to talk about that. I also want to talk about like my own experiences with eating disorders. I think it's just like really important to talk about. I don't want to say normalized because I don't think having an eating disorder should be normalized, but I think us having these conversations should be. So that's really what I'm getting at. I know this isn't like a fun, uh, you know, light topic really, but I'll try my best um, to not make it like feel so heavy <laughs> because I... I, you know, you, I feel too, it might be even selfishly like cathartic for me because I've learned so much about myself in quarantine and my relationships like with food and my body and all of that. So I just really, I just really kind of want to like talk into the void, yell into the void about it, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to throw you guys to a break and we'll be right back. Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so I go through all of that with a healthcare provider. And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialists, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com H-O-T-M. So let's start with my experience, I guess. So I just want to give like some backstory. Um, I'm going to be real vulnerable here, you guys. So please bear with me. Like I always say, I'm like, I'm not the most eloquent person. So I, but I'm trying my best. Okay. So like growing up, I was always like really, really thin, really thin. Like I remember like the smallest pants, like I still had to wear a belt. Like I didn't have boobs until like literally I was probably 19. I felt like I had like a little something. I was always just like mocked and teased for being thin. And I'm going to say something because this bothers me. And I've lived this experience and I will, you will never catch me equating that someone telling me to eat a burger to someone shaming 
someone for their weight. Those are two very different things. And it infuriates me when people say, well, I get mocked for being skinny. People tell me I'm too skinny. That's a very different thing. It's almost like, why are you trying to like equate the two? It kind of feels like when people are talking about like Black Lives Matter and then you're like, well, what about my life? It's like, okay, well, that's not really like what we're talking about right now. Like it's, it's incredibly different. Did I like being called small fry in elementary school? No. Did I like, you know, having boys mock me for not having boobs in sixth grade? Like who the fuck had boobs in sixth grade? I, I just feel like I was like one of those girls that just like had really big nipples in middle school. You guys know what I'm talking about. It was like you had to wear like a cami because like you had something going on, but like it wasn't like a full boob. And I had, I thought a pretty normal relationship with food. Like I never thought about eating was like not something I really ever thought about, but I mean, yeah. So I was, I was thin. And then, so my parents are divorced. They have been divorced since I was like, well, they've been like basically split up since I was in like first or second grade. Um, no bad blood there guys. Don't worry. Like they're cool with each other. They hang out all the time. They just like went to a Tigers game, which is baseball like last week together. I was not invited or I did not attend. Uh, thanks for that. Um, no, just kidding. But my dad had like a very different relationship with food though. Like he was never like thinner. Like he always was a little heavier set. I kind of just like thought like, oh, that's just like a dad thing, which I know that that sounds wrong, but like, that's just where my mind was at in like third grade. Like it didn't, I never thought about it. My dad also was very much like our schedule in the house centered around like, when are we eating? Which was like, we're having breakfast now. And then we're having lunch at this time. And then we're having dinner at this time. And like, my mom's house was the complete opposite of that. It was very much like, we'll eat when we're hungry. And if you're hungry, I'll make you something. Like we're not doing like a full meal. Like that's just not the way this is going to go. And I didn't mind that. I didn't mind really either one. It was just a very different life at each house. And I'm saying all this because I feel like I'm now trying to put the pieces together too about my relationship with food and stuff like that. So yeah, then I got to like high school. And of course, like that's when you really, I mean, I think you really start comparing or young girls do like very early on, you start comparing like your body to other girls' bodies. And it's very toxic. and very, it's like not a fun feeling at all. I also like never got that attention, like from boys in my school. I was also like very kind of quiet in class. Like it took me a really long time to like warm up to people. Like if, if I had like a person sitting next to me, you know, next to me or whatever, I, it would take me probably like school starts in September. It'd probably take me to like November to like really like open up and like want to like talk to them. I'm just, that's just how I was in like social settings at that time. So I just kind of like kept to myself. I had like a very small core group of friends at the high school. I had other, as high school went on, like towards like junior and senior year, I became friends with people that actually didn't go to my school. I preferred it that way for some reason. I don't really know why. I feel like that's something to unpack like with a therapist and not on this podcast, like for you guys to listen to that rambling like nonsense. But so I remember like my junior year is like when I really started paying attention to like people's bodies, how mine looked compared to their body. 
but I also had a lot going on at my house at that time. It was like 2008, 2009. So that was like the height or the beginning of the height of the recession. So I lived with my mom at the time. I would see my dad like every other weekend. And uh, things were just really, really hard, like financially on us. I don't know why I started talking about this actually. Like I'm starting to like backtrack. I'm starting to like want to bow out, but like we're in this. So it is what it is. And I'm very nervous to like share this part of my life on like a very public platform, but I didn't want to share it. Oh my God. I'm like getting kind of emotional. It's like really weird. Um, yeah. So I didn't want to talk about this stuff on Instagram though, too, because I feel like people don't come to my Instagram for this kind of like heavy personal shit, which I totally get. Like I, I don't have an issue with not sharing this on there because I think people that listen to this podcast are more like they're, they're more down to like have these conversations or listen. So whatever. So back like my junior year, senior year of high school, we were really struggling like financially and I'm not going to do like a woe is me type of situation. It is what it is. A lot of people were struggling. From my personal experience, it was really hard. And I felt very alone in that time. And because I had friends that weren't experiencing this, like all of my friends' parents in high school were married. They were together. They had a family. They had siblings. They had a support system. And I'm not saying my mom wasn't that. She was. She's like my best friend. She's everything to me. It's just a very different life. You just have a very different life when you go home from school. So like they also didn't have to worry about lunch money or groceries or that type of thing where I did. That was my reality. And I felt like I lived like this double life. And that really started my relationship with body image and my and what I would eat and how I would eat because I felt that that was like the only thing in my life that I could control is like how I looked because everything else was like so out of my control, like incredibly. I, I remember thinking that there was only three types of eating disorders. Like if you had one of these three, then you had an eating disorder. And if you didn't do those things, then you were fine. And like, that was that which is like anorexia, which like you're not eating, bulimia, which is like you're purging your food. And then there's binge eating. So like out of those three, I was like, I don't have any of those, but I was very selective in what I would eat. Like there was a time when I would eat like three grapefruits a day, but I had always been thin. So it wasn't like a vanity thing at that time. It wasn't. It was more of just like self-control, like I have to be in control of something at this time in my life because everything feels so crazy. And this was not something people noticed. Like this wasn't a thing my friends ever pointed out to me and was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like you want to talk? Like nothing. Because I was still eating. It just was like very selective. And it was very like, I would just eat the lunch at school that I bought. Like that was it. <laughs> and I was fine with that because then your body eventually like, I would like train it to not need food. And like I said, this is a very triggering podcast. So my apologies. I totally get it. If you like turn this off, I feel like this is just kind of almost just, yeah. Anyways, I'm like feeling a little nervous, but we're here. We're doing it. My senior year of high school, like, you know, it was hard financially. My mom lost her job. It was like a whole thing. Really, really difficult. And like at that time, there was like no jobs. 
Like this wasn't like, oh, she just lost her job and can go out and get a new one. This was like, holy shit, like no one is working. No one. It was like wild. And I don't remember seeing anyone else in my life struggling in that way. It felt, like I said, very isolating. And then like my first year uh, at my attempt at college, um, I was just attending like a little community, local community college. My mom, the house got foreclosed on it. It was a whole thing. Um, I don't know how she'll feel about me actually sharing this, but I'll tell her like not to listen to this one. Um, and then we moved to like a different city far away. It was just a lot of changes. Like again, like a lot of changes going on in my life. I felt like this was the only thing I control. But then also on top of that, I was in the most toxic, unhealthy relationship I've ever experienced. Holy shit. It is something that like, I truly can't even believe I like went through that experience in my life. It felt like so much was going on, like so much turmoil. And I had no idea what to do that again, I started, you know, really not eating that much, but I never thought of it as an eating disorder. I just never thought of it that way. But so like, we're becoming like 19 and 20. So like, girls are now starting to look like women. And I'm 104 pounds. So that's when my friends like started to kind of like notice. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, even my mom was like, girl, like, you're very tiny. And she also hated the fact I was dating this fucking asshole. She was all on top of that. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's just I don't have an eating disorder. It's just an eating issue, as I would call it an issue. For me, what it was or what it became was something where like eating was a very conscious thing I had to do. I had to tell myself, okay, now is dinner time. Okay, now is lunchtime. And I saw all these other people, it seemed, I'm just from an outsider's perspective, were like, they were just living their college life. I didn't end up going to college. I ended up like I would take classes and then I would stop and then take classes and then I would stop. So then I had like the pressure too of like looking at all of my friends who go to like colleges far away and they had like a full college experience and it looked incredible and it looked like they were like having the time of their life. And I'm here alone, it felt, 100 pounds with a shitty fucking boyfriend. It was seriously like the age from like 19 to I think like 24 was probably the toughest time of my life, truly. And I sympathize with people who struggle with eating disorders. And I really appreciate Jackie Goldschneider for opening up about her struggles with an eating disorder because she makes it known that this isn't like just something that you just get over. This You're in recovery like your whole life. For me now, it's not this idea of, okay, I have to tell myself to eat. It's more of it's more of just my relationship with food now. So I'm really on this journey to like figure that out and balance it and like find a good, healthy balance with what I eat and everything like that. So now that I said all of that, I want to talk about what bothers me about this Instagram model skinny privilege culture that like we're living in and the people defending it. So let's, like I said, Emily had posted that photo and she obviously like is having a baby and that's great. Like I said, congratulations. But then it just triggered me to remember all of the times I've seen these Instagram models or influencers or actual model. I don't want to say actual models. That's actually rude. 
these models who are very thin hosting with like burritos and these huge burgers and like the bowls of pasta. It's like, it's doth protest too much in my opinion. And it's also like a weird Instagram aesthetic that they're trying to get. Like I know Olivia Culpo, I believe that's her last name. She's a person that does this all the time. Beautiful. And she's posting constantly with like plates of lobster. It's just like, it infuriates me because it's almost like, look at me, like I'm so thin and I'm beautiful and I have perfect skin and perfect hair and perfect nails. And I have the, and I'm in like Italy and I'm eating this pizza and I live this perfect life and I'm eating this pizza and I'm still thin. And people were messaging me yesterday saying like, why can't people just post whatever they want? Why does this have to be an issue? And the thing is people can post whatever they want, but with a platform, we talked about this last week. I'm like, guys, we talked about this, is you have a responsibility. You have to know your reach. You have to know your influence. You're an influencer. You have to know the comments that you're getting probably look very, very different than a plus size model, for example, who probably can't post things like that. And again, people are like, well, why can't they post whatever they want? They don't want to post shit like that because they don't want to get mean ass comments and DMs talking about their health and how unhealthy they are and that they should die and like all of this shit. Like we have to, it's okay to acknowledge that this is the truth, that these are the double standards that we are living in so that we can start doing something about it and start changing. I just, it infuriates me that people are just like, well, why can't they just post whatever they want? Or, you know, she was feeding her baby. It's like, but again, imagine if Ashley Graham, like one of the most famous plus size models in the world who's pregnant, posted a photo with a big burger like that. Her comment section would look very, very different. Very different. And that is just a reality that like we have to accept so that we can like move forward and change. It's just it's so frustrating to me. And then too, like I said it, and I think this triggers people that are like very like anti-woke if you use the word privilege in anything, because I said it's a skinny privilege. And again, skinny privilege doesn't apply to just posting food on Instagram. Skinny privilege applies to fashion, for example. I love Bella Hadid. I have seen that girl wear some questionable ass outfits that are heinous. Actually heinous, but girl, do you? I wear the Nene Leaks uniform every single day. I wear a white t-shirt. I'm the most basic bitch on the planet. So who the fuck am I to say anything about anybody? But I'm just saying there's a skinny privilege there because if a girl who was just, you know, basically just not the size of Bella Hadid wore that, it would be very, getting a, a very different reaction, unfortunately, you know? And I guess I relate to the people that were, you know, commenting and I, and I don't, take offense or I don't get upset when people are DMing me like, oh, I'm super thin and people tell me all the time to eat a cheeseburger. Like I sympathize with that. I experience that myself, but I don't ever try to equate the two things to being told to eat a cheeseburger and also being told that I'm a fat cow, you know, bitch that should like die. Like those feel a little different to me. I don't know. Neither one is nice, but they're different. And then there's two, like 
someone, Chris Lewis from Shortcomings Podcast, my close friend and co-host, we were talking about this actually yesterday because he saw my Instagram stories and he was like, it's the Gilmore Girls effect. And I was like, holy shit, it really is. Like if you watch Gilmore Girls, you know, it's Rory and Lorelai are two thin women who eat like shit. (laughs) Like, and no shade, like I... I kind of eat like that occasionally. Um, They eat whatever they want, whenever they want. Twinkies, ho-hos, cupcakes, pizza, candy, like pasta, Chinese food. Like they eat that all the time and they're thin. And I just think, for example, if we saw Suki, who's played by Melissa McCarthy, if we saw her in the same light doing the exact same things Lorelai and Roy were doing, there would be a different conversation there. And that's really all I was getting at yesterday on my Instagram. And I'm really glad that like, I'm able to talk about this stuff, whether you agree with me or don't, I think it's important that the conversation is happening because, you know, it also bleeds into other parts of life, like the face tuning, you know, the excessive editing, the filters that look so real that it almost like trips you up. And you're like looking at yourself when you don't have a filter on and you're like, ew, like that's what I really look like. I started to get to that place like recently. And I was like, oh my God, this needs, I need a fucking exorcism if I am ever wanting to look like a filter. And I just think like talking about self-love in a non-preachy way is like very important too, because I think sometimes people can come from like a very a high horse, even the people that are like very like anti-diet culture. Like we have to be careful in our, in how we talk about these things. I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly. I sound like a fucking blabbering Teletubby every single week on this podcast, but it is what it is. And I feel really lucky that I'm able to talk about this stuff. If you guys ever are having an issue or having a hard time, like don't feel afraid to like DM me and ask me questions or talk to me on my personal account. Bravo account. I don't care. I check them all the time. And yeah, like I said, it's not like a super fun, uplifting episode. I got a little emotion for a minute. I had to pull myself out of that real quickly. That was, that started to turn into like a therapy session, like a Zoom sesh. And that's just, we don't need to be doing all that. So if there's anything else you guys like want me to talk about, open up about, you know, let me know. But yeah, the next time that I'm recording an episode, it will be in my new apartment with my new couch. You guys, I am going to have a closet. I know it's a big deal. I'm going to have a garbage disposal. I'm getting a bathroom where the toilet doesn't rock when I sit on it. It's just going to be a whole moment. And I'm really, really excited. Um, Yeah. So you know where to find me at Bravo Historian on Instagram. Take your Zoloft on Twitter. I'm a total clown show over there. I just literally tweet anything I want. And then of course, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Follow uh, the other Dip Podcasters, but now we said it by Steve, uh, Faces by Bravo. He's doing an amazing deep dive into the first season of Orange County, and he has like amazing guests. Gina Keogh, Shane Keogh, Lori Peterson, her daughter Ashley, like just amazing. Uh, There's a Slut Pick podcast hosted by Christian Grace Snow. Exposed is an amazing drag race podcast. Uh, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chase. I mean, you guys, the network is just expanding over here at the dip. We all need to support, you know, a female founded business here. So yeah, just make sure to subscribe and I will see you guys in a little bit, but you'll see me on the Instagrams, you know. Okay, bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. 
They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org.